0: Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries, we're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. So I am not giving an account of somebody else's story or I'm not giving a, a, a fictitious scenario. I can actually say it from a first-hand standpoint. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. So we know that this month, the theme has been flavored by God. Amen. And over the past two weeks, there were some um, scriptures that we went through. And I just want to touch a bit more on it. More because when I've gone home and I've listened to the messages again, and, you know, uh, God has actually pointed out some more things. And, you know, this is the beauty of God. That when you come and you listen to a message, God wants to expand it. But we need to take time and go back and say, Lord, how does this word apply to me as an individual? What areas of my life do I need this word to be evident in my life? And, you know, as we do that, God would unravel more and more. He would, you know, he will bring it down to our level and he will break it down. You know, we talk about bite size, and there, am, there might be some things that you, you just heard in passing, and God wants to really pinpoint those things out to you. So I encourage us, when we go home, don't just say, oh, I've heard the message for today. Let us ask God, what does this mean to me as a person, as your daughter, here and now? And that's why we talk about practical Christianity. Amen. So as I was, you know, reflecting back over the messages for the past few weeks, you know, um, Jesus was talking to the multitude, you know, about the, you know, this, what we come to know as the Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew chapter 5, where he says, you are the salt of the earth. Amen. Now, question is, do you know how crucial salt is? Yes, I know a lot of us say yes, but I can tell you that there were some things that God showed me this week about salt that I did not know before. And there were some things that I just knew, but I did not understand the depth of it. Hallelujah. So one of this, I'm just going to read this out so that we get a bit more understanding. It says, salt in the body maintains fluid levels and supports muscle and nerve functionality. I'm not a medical person, right? So this to me, right, was, I'm not gonna say new, but you know, it, it God broke it down further to me, and I'll tell you why in a second. He said it also regulates blood fluids and prevents low blood pressure. How many of us knew that? Well, you're a medical person, so you would know that. How, who else knew that? No. Okay. It says the human body is made up of roughly 60% water, and the balance between water and sodium is important. I want us to hold on to that word balance because we're going to utilize it a bit later. So we know salt to be used in food, don't we? That's right. And then we know salt to be used medically, right? If you go to the dentist and you have a tooth extraction, they say, go home gargle with water and warm salt. And those are things that we're used to, right? Um, Some of us use Epsom salt to have a bath. That's a form of salt. You know, we use salt in the dishwasher. It's interesting. I watched a program a few weeks ago on salt in Italy. And that was how The guy said, the same salt that we put in our food is the same salt that is put in the dishwasher. And I thought, boy, I'm wasting money having to go and buy special packed soap, thinking there's something different in it. But it's this same salt. So I'm talking to us about the importance of salt. Now, salt kills um, grass and weed. I didn't know that before. And salt is also a preservative, which is very important to food. I actually found out that you use salt in embalming bodies as well. Now, these were things were new to me. But the point I'm trying to extract here is that salt, when God, Jesus was telling the multitude that you are the salt, what it's basically saying to us is that without us being the salt of the earth, nothing will be able to function successfully in the world. So that means that you being the salt, right? Without you, without your impact, without you as a child of God performing the, you know, using the gifts and the callings that God has given to you, no government will function well. No food chain would function well. Nothing, absolutely nothing would function well without you. So that goes to show how important each one of us are to the body of Christ and how important we are to the world and the functionality of everything that happens in the world. So Christians, we need to take our place. We don't know the power that we have. Because why would God say we are salt? That means that salt is really crucial. And if salt is really crucial, that means we, as God's children, are very crucial to every system. So we have authority. You have authority because you are salt. I have authority because I am salt. And he goes on to say, you know, you are the light of the world. You know, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. We know that. I mean, we're sitting in a room and there's light. If we were to turn turn off the lights, right, the only way we'll be able to find our way around is because of what God has built on the inside of us. We have that foresight. You know, we can say, oh, this is where, this is where mom's sitting, this is where dad's sitting, this is where Stephen's sitting. Because we know where people normally would sit on a Sunday. But if you were taken into a dark room and there was no light and you've never been there before, it's a matter of seconds before you stumble. And that just means that without light, we stumble. We need the light of God. Hallelujah. You know, there was one other scripture that says, taste and see that the Lord is what? Is good. But you have to taste. If you don't taste you would not be able to experience. And that's why we've been talking about flavor. Hallelujah. It says flavor is a distinctive taste of a food or a drink. And I call it, it I say it's peculiar to that item. It's very, very unique. You know, I don't know how many types of apples there are out there. But even when you look at red apples itself... They all have different tastes, and that's why one is called Pink Lady, another is called Royal Gala, another is called, you know, whatever other names they're called, because they have distinct tastes. Amen. So let's take that concept, right, and bring that into our spiritual world. Let's look at the book of Job, Job chapter 6. Now, just to give us some background, which I believe we should know. And if we don't know, that's an assignment for us to go and read the book of Job. Amen. So Job went through all these trials. You know, there was a debate between God and Satan, and he says, Have you seen my son Job? You know, he's upright, is this, is that. And he says, Yeah, that's because you've built a hedge of protection around him. You take that hedge off, and you will see the true Job, right? And God said, okay, you go ahead, but his life do not touch. So Satan went on a rampage, you know. He lost his family, I mean, all his children died, and then he goes on to his health. Now, between that period, if you look, I think just in chapter 2 of Job is when his wife tells him that, "Uh uh-uh, Charlie, this suffering is too much now. Eh? Why don't you just curse God and die? And it says, no. And then if you read further on, and this is where I'm going with this, it says, he had three close friends. And those friends came to console him. When they got there, they thought, wow, this is so much. To the point that the Bible says they were with him seven days and said nothing. Because there were just no words for what he was going through. He was suffering so, so much. And then, at one point, one of his friends, you know, the bold one, decided to talk. <laughs> and one of the things he says, I'm paraphrasing it, "Ah, uh-uh, if you're such an upright man, why is all this happening to you? As far as I'm concerned, I think this is karma. I'm, I'm just paraphrasing it for, for, for the purpose of this message, you know? What goes around comes around. That means that somehow, somewhere, you might have done something, and this is the repercussion of it. And they go back and forwards. But if you look at chapter 6 and verse, I'm going to read from verse 1 just to give us some meat around this. It says, Then Job said again, so this was the second time he was responding to his friend. He says, if my mystery could be weighed and the troubles be put on scales, he says, they would outnumber, they would outweigh all the sands of the sea. This is why I speak impulsively. He says, for the almighty God has struck me down with his arrows. Their poison infects my spirit. He says, "God's terrors are lined up against me." He says, "So, do I have do I don't I have a right to complain?" I've been going through all this. I've said nothing up to now, but at this point, are you now saying to me, my dear friend, that I don't have a right to complain? He says, "Don't the wild donkeys bray when they when they, they find no grace, no grass?" Or oxen bellow when they have no food. Now, let's take note of this. Number six, uh, verse six. It says, don't people complain about unsalted food? (laughs) So, on Monday, it was my birthday. (laughs) As if you didn't know. And what we normally do as a family is, when it's one person's birthday, we go out for a meal. So we go to a restaurant of their choice. Now, I've been eyeing this Thai restaurant not far from the house for quite a while, and I keep saying to the, oh, you know, one of these days we'll pop in to this um, this Thai restaurant because I've gone off Chinese meals because I find them too oily and too salty, right? We're talking about flavors, right? So we decide to go to this restaurant, a Thai restaurant. We've never been there, not too far from the house. Before we get there, I said, wow, what we normally do is let's read the review. So my daughter in her lovely style picks out a phone, reads the, oh, the reviews are good. I said, great. Reviews are good. Now, don't forget that that was somebody else's review, but we'll get to that. So we go in, we sit down, we order drinks, we order starters, we order the main. The starter came, and I was like, hmm, okay, just average. Okay, maybe the food will come, and it will be better. So they come with the food. There was only three of us. They gave A's food to B, B's food to C. Anyway, they mixed up our foods. So when we eventually found out whose food is who, Right? Nikki looked at her food and said, mm, I see chicken in here. I ordered prawns. So, don't forget, this restaurant was a Monday evening and wasn't busy. Anyway, they went. It took them a while to change it, and they gave, us, they gave her what she ordered. I apologized, which was, is a mistake. So, we, we dug in. Now... I tested mine. Jimmy tested his. Nikki tested hers, and we all looked at each other and thought, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, how's yours, Jimmy?" I'm like, oh, "It's all right." "How's yours, Nikki?" "It's bland." You know, she doesn't mince the so words. And she said, "Oh, Mom, how's yours?" Uh, "It's manageable." But the point is, it, was, it, ha- it lacked flavor. It lacked ingredients. Even the basic ingredient was not there. Now, we had read the reviews, haven't we? But those reviews were to somebody else's taste. It was not to our own taste. And this is one of the reasons why we cannot compare ourselves with others nor can we compare our gifts and callings with others because we are unique and that's why the bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made each and every one of us you know i'm going out this evening i've got um, a cousin who's got two daughters they're identical twins But do you know that even in them being identical twins, they are still different? The good thing is one of them's got red braids and the other's got black braids. So I've I've been able to ask who is who so that when I'm giving them presents, I don't mix it up. But the point I'm making is that even as twins, they are still unique. There will be things that one would do that would differ to the other one. You see... People say one man's food is what? Another man's poison. Somebody's re- written a very glowing review. But we go there and we say, nah. It does not, this does not taste nice. You see, our spiritual taste buds differ. You know, for some of us, our strongest spiritual taste buds is Worship is singing. Some, for some, it's teaching. For some, it's healing. For some, it's deliverance. You know, some people just love to teach. Some prophesy. So, where if you're in a church and God's giving you a ministry of prayer, that doesn't mean everybody else does not know how to pray. But there's something that God has brought out in you. And that is your dominant gift. If we're going to go along that uh, line of uh, flavor, that is your strongest flavor, spiritually speaking. You see, at one point, Nikki asked for salt. Salt which was salt, like even the basic ingredient, but even salt could not, ha- could not help at that point in time because it lacked every other ingredient. Now, even though there had to be salt there, there had to be a balance. There had to be a bit of oil, a bit of garlic, a bit of turmeric, a bit of whatever else that needed to go with it. That was would now make it a balanced, delicious meal. Would we be going back there? Of course not. So we're talking about our spiritual flavor, uh, the spiritual flavor of God upon our lives. Now, question is, why was it that the three of us found it bland? That's because at home, we seem to eat the same foods or the same types of food. So when I cook, I seem to put the same, you know, I put the same ingredients. We all eat the same. So we're used to that. Now, if we bring that into the church. Um, actually, before I go there, you know, Pastor Fola, Right. Pastor Fola got saved way before I did. And one thing that I noticed that he loves to do and still loves to do is to teach. And how many of you know that I love to teach? Because my first experiences of Pentecostal church, my first experiences of being a born-again Christian was spent with him around me. Now, when I minister, probably some of you will say, oh, I do this like dad does. And that's because I have spent time with him. Now, a lot of these things are not intentional, but every so often they would come out. I'm sure you know that naturally I'm not the, you know, the jumpy, jumpy type, you know. But there are times that when I'm ministering, I get get like that. And that's because I have spent years with him. So some of these things would come out. They're not intentional. And it's the same thing with our spiritual uh, flavors. So if you were to go into a church and all they do every single time you go is pray, pray. You come next week, it's the same thing. You come the following week, it's the same thing. Would you go there? Would you want to go there and have that as your church? If prayer is the only thing, there's no word, there's no worship, there's no healing services, Would you want to be a member of that church? Yes. No one's answering. That's fine. (laughs) But I'm just saying this to say there has to be a balance. Jesus had a balance when he was ministering. He did not only pray. He prayed. He taught. He healed. He rebuked. There was a balance in Jesus' ministry. And there has to be a balance in our ministry as well. So, verse 7 says, Verse 7, it says, My appetite disappears when I look at it. When I look at what? When he looks at food that has no taste. He says, I gag at the thought of it. If, you know, if Job, even in that state, could say that he has no appetite for food that has no taste that means that for us as Christians our Christian walk has to have taste and that taste has to be a balanced taste a bit of this a bit of that I love to sing but I restrict my singing to to the shower or to my bedroom Hallelujah. But there has been oranges that have come out of lemons. Amen, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so my children can sing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so I say this to say that, you know, our Christian work must have a balance. It must have a bit of every flavor in it. You might not be, you know, the prayer warrior of the church, but when you're called upon to pray, you must be ready in and out of season. I saw that happen this morning. Amen. We need to be ready. We need to be ready. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. The Bible says how God, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. So it's God that anointed him. God gave him that anointing and the Holy Spirit, you know. It flamed up that fire in him you see if we don't have a balanced christianity it will be like us hopping around on one leg spiritually and how how far can we get on one leg not far at least i can't so we want to be a Christian that is balanced on our two feet, not just on one feet. You see, let me talk to us about our lovely Paul the apostle. Paul says in First Corinthians chapter nine, and you know, every time I read this, I go back and I say, Lord. How does this apply to us here and now? So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I'll take it from verse 19. It says, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. It says, when I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew. Why? Why? so that he could bring some to Christ. When I was with those who followed Jewish law, I too lived under that law, even though I am not subject to the law. I did this so that I could bring those who are under the law to Christ. It says, when, I was with the, when I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I, live, I too lived apart from that law so that I can bring some to Christ. It says, but I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I, uh, I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try and find common ground with Everyone Doing everything I can to save some. He says, I do everything to what? To spread the good news and share its blessings. So basically, in a nutshell, he's saying, I become all things to all men that I might win some. You know, years ago... I remember Brother Solomon saying something, and I will never, never forget. He says, You know, sometimes we, we put on that Christian cap so much that it's almost like a sin for us to put our feet inside a pub. He says, You can go into a pub and not drink the alcohol or, you know, do the things they do. He says, Once it, if you work in the corporate setting, right? You find that after work on a Friday, oh, come on guys, let's go for a drink, right? And while they're having that drink there, that's where they're talking about promotions. That's where they're talking about salary increases, right? I've been to the pub, right? Now, do you necessarily have to drink the, is it the vodka or the whatever it is that, you don't. But the point is, there, there's information that can be had when you're there, and even while you're there, while they're doing whatever it is they're doing, you can be praying for them. So we, we need to ensure that, you know, we, we're not um, so far to the right or to, so far to the left. Let us have a balance. In whatever it is you're doing, the, the word of God is still the word of God. It does not lose its value. It does not lose its taste. You see, Paul is saying here, I am not going to look down on anyone because they're not up to my standards spiritually. He says, I am always willing to come down to where you are so that I can gradually pull you up to where I am. Ask Auntie Me Emanuela how many chilies she puts in her food. Only God knows how many, right? But if I come and spend some time with her, right, she'll probably put one chili for the first week. The second week, she'll say, let's step it up a little bit more. You know, I put two chilies and then three chilies. And that is how our Christian work needs to be. You know, when we're mentoring, when we're teaching, when we're, when we're dealing with those who need to grow, one thing I've, I have learned is that take people from where they are. Why is it that, oh, you believe in that thing? Why, 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 why is that thing important to you? And let them tell you. And then you say, have you actually thought about doing it this way? Or have you thought about that? Because it might be areas that they've, it might be flavors that they've never tasted before. Sad to say, oftentimes, as believers, if someone's not at our level, they're a write-off. The word is still the word. You see, it could differ, and it will differ in the way we present it. But, you know, our methods of application will be different. But our goal would always be the same you know we must we might take different paths but as long as our destination is the same that's what's important that's why the bible talks about it talks about the fivefold ministries you know the apostle the teacher the prophet the evangelist the pastor we all have every we all have one thing in common and what is it we all want to make heaven but each one's calling will be, prom- will be prominent. You know, it reminds me of the story of the tortoise and the, uh, and the air. They're all heading the same way, direction, but one's going slow and steady, and the one, other one's zoom! But they're going to the same place. God created them both, and he birthed in each of them different gifts each one of you is unique each one of you is special each one of you is the apple of god's eyes let's not look lose focus let our focus be on god god has wired us differently And that is a fact we must understand. Last week, our brother preached about process. Process. And when we're going through, it's not always easy, but it is worth it. And I like that word, going through. As long as you don't stay there. The Bible says the righteous fall seven times, but how many times do they get up? Seven times. Is it, did you say it? <laughs> as long as you get up, there's hope. As long as you don't give up, there is hope. The reason we have light today is because somebody did not give up. He failed. How many times? About 99 times. But it just reminded him of one more way not to do things. Let me share this that I read um, during my devotion this week. It says the illiterate of the 21st century are not those who cannot read or write, but those who refuse to learn, to unlearn, and to relearn. Should I repeat that? The illiterate of the 21st century are not those who cannot read or write, but those who refuse to learn. Learn what? Learn how to reach certain groups. Paul had to learn when he was speaking to the church in Galatia, uh, uh, to the Galatians, he spoke in a a certain way. When he went to Ephesus, he spoke in a certain way. When he went to Thessalonica, he spoke in a a different way to them. He did not paint them all with the same brush because he knew that they were different. So his method had to be different. And that's what he was talking about in 1 Corinthians. I become all things to all men that I may win some. When I got onto Facebook, people were saying, what, what are you doing on Facebook? Like, I need to know. I don't want to be left behind. You know, you, you, tell your, you ask your children, son, how do I do this? Oh, give it to me, mom. Give it to me. I'm like, no, 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 no. Show me. Because when you are not there, I need to be able to do it. And then I know when when I can get in their business. Instagram? Twitter? Oh, come on. You try me. I I don't spend time there, but I know how it operates. I become all things to all men that I might mean some. My dad's cousin is 97 today. Papa, 97 today. He's got an Instagram account. No, no jokes. He's on Facebook. I, I don't know if he's got a Twitter account, but I'm saying to him, oh, WhatsApp, oh, please. Every day. 97-year-old man. And for him, because he can't travel as much as he used to travel, that is his way of ministering to people. He's a minister of the gospel. So he says, listen, if the young ones are on Facebook, I better get onto Facebook. So that I can win some, some." It's so important. It's so important. You see, the capacity to learn is a gift from God. The ability to learn is a skill. But the willingness to learn is a choice. We need to choose that we want to learn. You see, when you look at flavors, you can apply to every area of your life. Every area. And as I was studying this, I was like, wow. There is a reason why in a family, there's a father and a mother. Because God has flavored each one differently. Now, there are times that God gives grace when one is absent But that is not God's best. If tomorrow morning I sign up at work and I go doing the things that the CEO of the company should be doing without permission, what would happen? I'll get the sack. Instant dismissal. Because that is not my role. So each one of us, physically speaking, spiritually speaking, have a role to play. I read something that says, face your own business. Mind your business, that's it. There's a lot more for us. The Bible says there's enough trouble for today. So why are we bothering about tomorrow? God has a calling on each of us life. He has an assignment for us to fulfill. Let us stick with that. And not step into somebody else's role. I'll be closing soon. But before I do, I want to share a scripture with us. Phil Philippians 2:13 as a roundup. It says for it is God Not man, it is God who worketh in you, both to will and to work, for his good pleasure. I like this version. It says, for it is God who worketh in you, both to will and to what to accomplish. So that means that God wants to accomplish something in each and every one of us. And that is why he has flavored us differently. If I come to someone's house and you probably cook for me, I might taste it and, you know, out of respect, I probably would not ask for more salt. Or, out of respect, I'll probably eat it but I'll, oh, there's a little bit more, there's too much salt in this. But because because that isn't the way I cook I would enjoy my cooking because I know how much salt I know how much garlic to put in it and same thing you would enjoy it because that is your cooking so spiritually speaking when you are in a place that God has purpose for your life You would enjoy it. If we were going to ask the worship team to to minister songs to us for the rest of the day, oh my goodness, all they need is just bottles of water. They'll carry on. And it's the same for those who preach. It's the same for those who pray. It's the same for those who evangelize. They would do it all day long. Because God has graced them to do it. God is the one working in them to will. And to do of his own good pleasure. And we're doing it. When we're doing it, we're doing it unto the Lord. Because God has given us that grace. He's anointed us. And the Holy Spirit is putting the fire. You know, the Bible talks about the times and seasons. There was a time that I was just sitting, sitting down at the back. Each one of us need to move. You know, the Bible puts it this way. It says there's a time to drink milk and there's a time to eat solids. So when we should be eating meat, we should not be drinking... Uh, when we should be eating solids, we should not be drinking milk. But you cannot have a newborn baby and decide, hey, what's for lunch today? Fufu and live soup. I mean, come on, you'd, you'd, <laughs> you'd choke the baby. So there's a time, spiritually speaking. But when we need to grow, when we need to step out of that class to the next class, we need to equip ourselves and be ready. It's the summer period. Some are going into year one, some are going into university, some are going into college times and seasons process and God is always wanting to work with us through that process hallelujah and that's why the songwriter says he says when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word what a glory he sheds on our way he shows us how to do it when we do his good will He what? He abides with us. And when he's abiding with us, he's teaching us. He's mentoring us. He's moving us from one area to another. He's upgrading us spiritually. When we trust him, when we obey, because there's no other way. Stephen was talking about peace earlier on. The peace of God. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus' What? Than to trust him. And to walk in obedience to him. You know there was a time that I was out there teaching Sunday school. That was that time. There was a time I was sitting where St. Manuela was. That was that time. There are times, there are seasons. So let us walk with God. Let us allow God... To do his good pleasure in us so that his name will be glorified. Bible says, Let your light so shine before men that they will see you and glorify who? Your Father, who is at work in you. Because everything that we're doing is to bring God glory. That is the sum total of it. To bring God glory. Because it's in him we live and move and have our being. And that's why it says it's so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him what? At his word. The word, the word, the word. Just to rest upon his promise. And just to know this is what you have said, Lord. Let that flavor of God, let it come alive in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you have been blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.